The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. Sunday night here on the 19th day of May. It is uh, it's time for the booze and the blues. I uh, hope it's going well there for you. Those of you that are not watching the uh, series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know that there's going to be too many people watching, to be quite frank with you. There's, there's, uh, it's, it, people are complaining about this show. It's not going well for them. <laughs> there's a lot of consternation about it. It's, Especially it's last season. They just kind of phoned it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are... People are upset. That's all right. We're here. We're we we got we got the blues for you, kids tonight. In fact, uh, Theo Dosbach is here. Theo, how are you, my friend? Thank you. Very well. Very well. It's, <laughs> what can uh, I say? It's it's good to have you down here. It's been a little while since you've been down here last. Yeah, man. It's uh, God. Yeah. It Almost happens. a year, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been busy. You, really yeah, you're busy. You know, I follow you a lot on, on you know things that you've got going on, like uh, your museum down in Clarksdale. Yeah. I know you're 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 you've shut it down and you're trying to unload it. Well, you know, at a certain time, you have to make uh, the, do these things. You know, I'm, yeah. everybody always talks in the blues with the crossroads. I was on the crossroads yeah. myself, you yeah. know. And uh, we always said, uh, to be honest, we said when we came to the United States in 2005 doing this, we opened it in 2006, we're going to do this for 10 years. Yeah. That was the plan. I did it also 10 years in the Netherlands, almost. So that was the idea. And so we said at a certain time, okay, um, we need to uh, find a way to do something with our lives different after a while because yeah. that's what you need to do. And, uh, hey, I was retired, so you've got to retire from the retirement, right? right? No, listen, to be honest, I love my place. It's been very successful. Uh, we, we, we got all my awards and stuff, and number five from the 10 best, whatever. Yeah, you were, you, we were doing really well with it. Yeah. And I always learned one thing. Uh, maybe Dutch, I don't know my background, you know. It's like at a certain, when you're on your height of your uh, success, you should stop. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do this later on when you're getting old and grumpy and stuff. Hey, I always I should have quit this long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Hey, I'm 70 years old now, so... You're uh, not 70. You know, are you 70, really? Yeah, man. So uh, well, uh, I said, good, you know, yeah. right, well, I'm working on it. I'm in physiotherapy. I'm working out. Yeah. You know, these are the things you got to do. And when you have a museum, that's not what happens in practice. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you don't do these things. And I got to watch a little bit, take care of me, and also about my sweetheart. Yeah. You know, and it became, let's let's face it, it became a full, full-fledged job. Uh, we've done this for free, for nothing. And I have, I would do it again, to be honest. But at a certain time, he said, "Okay, we 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 don't have any children, and I I'm a control freak in this way. If I can control, it would be nice. But it would be nice if someone else could do this, uh, and 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 you know, make it in a commercial venue. It doesn't matter how, right? Or does something with it. But you know, for me, it was just like, uh, yeah, it became we we couldn't go anywhere." You know, I'm yeah. playing a little bit here. I do this. We are we are in Memphis. You know, and at a certain time, I said, "This is ridiculous." You know, I don't have any children. When I'm dead, it's gonna be salt or boom bomb to my my nephews in in in, in Holland who never been in the United States. I mean, they don't even know nothing about it. You know, right? So that is a problem. So I said, "Well, maybe it's better." Just to uh, f- try to find a solution for this, because it's for me not a problem, by the way. I mean, uh, some people said, oh, you, you got to pay now the taxes and when you close, you know, and this and yeah, that. Yeah. So, well, 
Uncle Sam gave me a, a tip from $500 a month that plays for all the taxes and insurance. So that's having that said, yeah. I didn't count on that. And uh, that was from the period that I worked here in the United States. Right. Uh, so it was financially, it's not a burden for me. Yeah. But it would be nice if someone could pick this up or a community or move it somewhere or do something else with it. Could be a re whatever, you know. Uh, that will be my goal. And I said, and if I would not do this and keep on going with this till I get really older and you can't walk anymore or whatever, you know, then it, it then there is no time to do to find a solution for this. Now there's plenty of time, but we're going to travel a lot because uh, <laughs> yeah, well, what you want to do? You got you got to you got to well, go and see the world. People trains to the museum. Let's face it, we're going to see Barbara the up uh, next month. Oh yeah, yeah, Montreal. she's lovely. She's doing yeah. fantastic oh, at the wow. moment. She's getting up there. Yeah, yeah, she's Good lovely. Care, you know. Uh, you know, like like you see my shirt, what I have on, uh, especially for the show, Cabo St. Lucas. I went to Cabo. We go to every winter now. Is the plan? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you know how I got to Cabo via Liz Mandeville. Oh really? How do I meet met, met Liz Mandeville via the museum? Yeah. Because Liz, at a certain time, she uh, lost a kind of purse or suitcase, and then Lon, a friend of her. You know, said, can you pick that suitcase up at the airport or something in Memphis? Because he knew that I was living in Memphis and she was going to come to Clarkson. I never met her before. Yeah. So I said, sure, no problem. 50 minutes, you know, I drive up. Get, and whatever happened, magic, we became friends. Yeah, okay? well, sure. Yeah. So she invited me to Cabo St. Lucas. Well, I had a wonderful time. She did it again. And uh, now we bought a little bit ourselves, a little timeshare down there, which yeah. I'm totally against, by the way. But I still do it. <laughs> Ridiculous is a lease. You don't owe do nothing. as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Don't do it, guys. But anyway, for us it works because it will uh, will make me go there for the rest of my life in the winter in December because yeah. we really enjoy it down there. There's all kind of little bars with jazz and piano piano players. So now and then at night you go there, you play a couple of numbers. We have a lot of fun. We did it with Liz too. Yeah, you know. So we have a little circuit with little obscure, uh, yeah, little. <laughs> Your joint is not in Mexico, but it, well, yeah. But I mean, it, joints, okay? They yeah. are there too—a piano yeah. bar with really nice and all kinds of stuff. So that's what we are. I wanted to do. We want to travel. I want to play a little bit more. I want to do another CD. I might want to write a book about oh, yeah. Clarksdale and other what I experience. So we'll see. Uh, we yeah. probably have to edit it a lot. <laughs> 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 but you know. To be honest, people like Timo Ford, uh, Robert Belfour, Bilbo Walker. God, uh, there's so many of Some of them, those are the people I really had a lot of report. Pinter Perkins would come to my museum. I met these people. I had a lot of fun with them, and they're not there anymore. And for me, that also, that rained a little bit on my parade. You sure. know, you get attached with these people. You go to their houses, you drink with them, and yeah, you're good to them, and, you know, and they are good to you. It's, that's the thing. You know, I had rapport with them, you know, yeah, and yeah. till they, till they died, literally, we did a lot of fundraising for a lot of these musicians down there too, which was fantastic. And, uh, those experience, you know, like, uh, not only what time is it, it's Jack Daniels time, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, I miss that a little bit. Yeah. And I saw this is a good moment, you know, to, to, Go to my crossroad, and the cool thing from the crossroad is always you can go straight, you can turn right. If it doesn't work for you, you can go left 
go left again, and you're back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm taking off a. For me, it's a sabbatical for a year for myself. Sure. And we'll figure out in a year what I'm gonna do in the year after there. That's a little bit the idea. So now and then we have a, we have a little trip, like I told you, and. You know, and uh, with the museum, well, I'm showing the building now and then with the contents to interested parties. We didn't have a serious offer yet. Uh, that's going to be a hard sell. I know that because, like, not everybody wants to do something like that, you know. But it's ideal for a retired person who wants to spend maybe half of his time in there, you know. Sure. Because I did sure. it full time. But, you know, maybe half of the time and you don't have to be open all the time when you do what you want, you know. So uh, Clarksville is still, for me, Bluestown number one. Sure. In Mississippi. Yeah, Memphis is here. <laughs> well, yeah. I live here, and I did there, so I got best of both worlds, okay? Absolutely. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this all go. But that's my plan. Yeah, because you spent, you spent a lot of time collecting material for this place for you know <laughs> over the years. You know, 50 years, yeah. 50 years of material. Yeah, yes. Well, I mean, I, once a collector, always a collector. Yeah. It's a legitimate form of hoarding, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you do you do something with it, okay? It's not like these people on TV when they have these big... Uh, jump piles of uh, crap and dirty bags and stuff. No, you make it nice. You tell a story. If you do something with it, it validates that, to be honest. That's the way I'm feeling about it. Right, right. And uh, I must say also, it's not the only reason why we quit. It is also my wife did the bookkeeping. And I always want to say that my lovely wife, I don't know if she's listening right now, but, you know, <laughs> she uh, took care of that part, which I'm totally not good in and also too lazy for her, to be honest. But uh, she did it for all those years for nothing, too. Yeah, and yeah. she said, I don't want to do it anymore. And, I, you know, after 20, some years you can't blame her for that no. i don't blame her i think i understand i was always keeping my mouth shut a little bit you know <laughs> so thank you thank you dear i mean no really but she that, that was wonderful i mean we were two persons she helped me a lot it would never been there without her right you know uh, I'm, I'm god i I'm married since 90 what is it 96 yeah and she she always on the wedding video is even that a friend of mine said to her follow do the museum, follow him, follow Teo, you know, and she did. And and I, I got to give her all the credit. It's wonderful. Yeah. And for her, she just finished, by the way, uh, this week, the taxes for the museum, because you might be a non-profit, but you have a lot of work to do. It's oh, not yeah. only, it's, it's sales tax, it's, it's auto taxes. You know, even if you have a little story, if you don't make any money, because non-profits usually don't. Right. You know, so you still have to file taxes. And that's the only thing what I want to say, what I was very disappointed in coming to the United States with this. Because in the Netherlands, eh, those damn socialistic countries, people always say, with a lot of regulations. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it is a 20 per 20 it's it's 20 percent more or 50 percent more in regulations here right because we have to file this we have to file that every three months we have to file this we got to file this in holland i did the same thing i set up a foundation we got one ruling from the dutch irs that i was a non-profit and we had to of course file sales tax and they would say check every year how the sales tax is going they would know if we would make money or not and that was it yeah nice and simple why is it simple? And when we, you know, when we dis- dissolved, it was also that is it. Here you got a procedure. I figured it all uh, out. Every quarter, there's a file form Man. going somewhere, a check being and written. And they call for America else. business friendly. Well, it's I not, tell you, small yeah. businesses, forget it. It's not. It works against you because even I get annoyed. You know, you have this wonderful yeah. museum. It's a good thing. It is, uh, you know, people love it. Well, all that stuff. And there you are. You work the whole day in it, and then you get punished with all kind of crap while you don't make any money. So it yeah. doesn't make any sense. All this stuff. But and then you get also an audit 
because they want to be sure that if you have an income of $70,000 a year with three employees, that you would not take that money out of there. You right. Know? Of course you don't, but it still it doesn't pay for enough. To, you know, that we, so it, it doesn't make any sense. It, there's no, no business acumen in the United States for the small business. That's my conclusion. I agree and, with you on that. It's you know, sad, man. I'm telling you. But for us, we worked through it, and uh, it was it was it was interesting. We had a board of six people, which was all kind. Of, uh, Roger Stoller from the Cat Hat in yeah. Clarksdale, yeah. Paul Pierce on the supervisory board, uh, Rosalind Wilcox, you know her probably oh, too, yeah. uh, Adel Henderson, and uh, you know and Cindy. So it was. But you also have to hold all these meetings all the time, you know, and uh, it's a couple of per year, but still you got to get the people together, you know, and they were in advisory uh, function, but we did the work, of course, and that's what we wanted to do. And it was fine. So it was a good ride, man. We had a wonderful time. It was good. And this is for me the moment that someone can take it over or not. And if that doesn't happen, then in a couple of years, then I have, I'm forced to sell it piece by piece. But for now... We don't want to sell the Rock and Blues Museum in Clarksdale piece by piece. We want to sell it as, as a whole. As a whole package, yeah. The collection, with or without the building. That's the idea. Yeah. So that someone can su- can be uh, succeeding. And uh, so and the people in Clarksdale, they all wanted to, <laughs> the mayor talked to me and, uh, you know, and tourism. But there's no money. Yeah. See, and I'm not going to give it away. I no, mean, we give no. all my time away, but this is part of my... Because uh, you've got money invested into it yourself. Yeah, we got yeah. well. We bought a building ourselves. That's why it was... The cool thing was, if you do, when we started out, there was no way that you could do that if you would have rent. So when you own the building, will be bought outright. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, if there is money, we'll charge you an absolute minimum rent. So we after five years, <laughs> we start charging three hundred dollars a month. It became five hundred in the end. Yeah. Well, the five hundred dollars pays for the taxes and the insurance from the whole collection. There you go. And there it is, back to zero. Yeah, that's what life is all about. <laughs> it is. It's, it's always a balance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you try to, you know. My father told me that too. You got to balance and checks and balance and all that stuff. Yeah. But with this, you really got to do it because you want it to be successful and you want to, you know, you want it to be that it's really there, you know. And we did so much ourselves, you know. And then of course the second street blues parties. You know, in April and in October came, and then there was live music suddenly every once a month in front of the museum. Why? Because people want to play, and those are the artists who don't have gigs. Not everybody has gigs. So these are the struggling artists, and they want to be known, sell their CDs. And so they would always ask me, can we sit outside and play? So we got them some electricity outside, you know. I went to the electrician and said, put outlet outside with a button inside that I can... You can turn it off. <laughs> turn it off, okay? <laughs> because you got to do that sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. But God, you, know, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! No, no, no. That's not what we did. No, but, uh, no, if no. they would go too long, we would yeah. do that, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> really, really. No, but, uh, you know, it was but that was kind of fun, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say that some musician, I'm not going to tell names, but really started out there in front of my place yeah. in the United States, especially when they came from somewhere else. Sure. You know, because, of course, you got these foreigners, and they, 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 they cannot play. We, we cannot pay. They cannot play, you know, I mean, but you're allowed to play. That's a different thing as long as you don't get a contract and pay. And, of course, we didn't do anything. We just... There's the street. Go ahead, you know. But if you want electricity, we can give you some. Sure. You know, because you got to be careful with this because you get all these 
you know, the, you also got to work with work permits and stuff, and we can. Oh do that, yeah, yeah, you know. can. But, yeah, uh, and and so we got a lot of American blues artists because I've focused on the blues, of course. Blues is the basis of everything. Uh, I like jazz and rock and roll too, guys. I mean, I'm not that pure. That only this <laughs> and only this style. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's just it's it's a fantastic American heritage, and uh, that's why I did it, and that's the reason I'm in the United States. You know that, Rick. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I'm not sorry that I ever did that. You know. Oh no, that no, that's good. We're gonna hang out with you this evening. Uh, we, we get you got your keyboard here. We're gonna hear some music mm -hmm. from you. We're gonna pull some stuff off of uh, off off the off the album, the latest one, I believe. Yeah. And also, I have from you um, your work in radio. <laughs> yeah that was so funny remember the last time when i was here we were talking about that yeah. and uh, you said to me well listen ray I said yeah man i did radio too a little bit it's a little bit the same thing like the museum you know only from there it was from starting with rock and roll and go to the blues before that you right know? that was the right, plan right and i also did it in st martin and uh i i it took me uh how long? I promise you. Said I still have some CDs from that because I remember that Rinder, that was my technician who would record the stuff. He gave me some of these CDs, you know. And this was in the Netherlands. I was living in the Netherlands from '96 till 2000, end of 2004. Yeah. And I don't know how I got there, but at a certain time, I'm doing radio too, you know. And, <laughs> and in the and in the 80s, and in the 80s, I was in, lived in Saint Martin. And Saint Martin, you know, Saint Martin is a beautiful, friendly island with oh, sun gorgeous. and blue, yeah. gorgeous. Everybody's saying, "Oh, you're working there, ha ha." Yeah, yeah, saying, right. yeah, we Tough do. You. you don't, you know. Yeah, yeah right. But uh, you know, it's like uh, down there it was also cool because one of these uh, there was a doctor who had a classical radio program down there. This is in the 80s. St. Martin was not, was very small, not like now. Yeah. You know, it was beautiful then at that time. Unspoiled, we call it. Yeah. But anyway, they didn't have any, what I considered good music. So at a certain time, I was talking to Rick, said, well, you know, I mean, I said, yeah, well, we need some people for the radio. He said, well, if you give me the freedom that I can do what I want. But I mean, and I said, I can have some friends down there. So me and a guy from, uh, what was it? KPMJ yeah. <laughs> accountant. He uh, he did the seventies and I did the sixties. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So it was funny, and so we did that. And it's a good story. One story, what I want to tell you. So we driving uh, driving with this doctor at a certain time and uh, somewhere on a party or what. And he said, "God," he said to me, "You know what? I was listening to the radio today, and they had this weird music. Um, really, except I." God, I can, which, which idiot plays this shit? He said to me, you know, and I'm looking at him and said, by the way, he said, was it maybe Jimi Hendrix? He said, yeah, I think, think yeah, Hendrix, that, that rung a bell. He said, well, actually, the disc jockey was me. And he looked at me, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. So no, you don't have to be sorry because, you know, I so, mean, I don't like your program either. So hey, what the hell, it's okay. It's all about the balance. It's there all, you go. It's Except all even. So I mean, but only soca music for me didn't do it, and I thought it would be a good idea that that there would be a little different also yeah. from American music. And yeah. So I would do the same thing down there, a little bit blues, a little bit uh, rock and roll, a little bit. Yeah, I was listening to it. Some, just some, you know, I had, of course, the music selection was great. I didn't understand what you were talking about in the in, really? in, in between the tunes, but and, you know. and your Dutch is great, Rick. Dutch is great. It's it's. <laughs> Some of it I can kind of f f figure out, figure a little bit out, but but we'll play some of those some of those, some of those uh, air checks. I hope that I still uh, understand it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been here a long time, you know. <laughs> it's it's uh, it'll be fun. Radio Memphis.
Goedemiddag. Het programma van het Rock'n'Roll Museum te Arnhem. We zijn er weer en dat gaan wij doen uh, dit middagje, dit uurtje. En waarschijnlijk worden we nog eens onderbroken, heb ik begrepen, ook door allerlei leuke Elfsteden tocht flitsen. Maar dat geeft allemaal niet. Wij gaan praten en luisteren naar muziek van de 60e jaren. En wij zetten in de spotlight uh, de Yardbirds vandaag en uh, nog wat andere dingen. Oké, okay, en dan uh, gaan wij beginnen uh, altijd even met iets van Elvis. En uh, dat is dit nummer. En toen was Elvis alleen nog maar beroemd in Memphis zelf en omgeving. Right on. You know what I'm saying there? No, I have not. I heard Elvis. I got that. <laughs> listen, listen. This was a very young Elvis in 55. He uh, oh, yeah, recorded this here in Memphis. And he was only... Uh, Not famous in the world or whatever, was just around locally. Here, yeah, you know? over then, Sun, he was one of the Sun records. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the Sun things. So, you know, this show, ladies and gentlemen, was a show that I did in 2000 uh, in Holland. In that's why the Dutch language is there. Right. And uh, 
Rick asked me to find those CDs of the show and it's from the year 2000. It's a long time ago, and I finally found them. So, <laughs> so we thought it was fun uh, to 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 listen to the Dutch, and then we would talk a little bit about. It. By the way, this number is original blues number from Arthur Gunter, right? Let yeah. baby, let's play house. And I was like that this number from Elvis. I'm not really 100% a super Elvis fan, but for the Elvis fanatics. I think the first five singles are pretty cool. And what I did to the show, I said, I don't want to do That's All Right, Mama, what everybody else right, does. Right, right, said, right. let's do something else, you know. And The Good Rocking Tonight is already before that, which is always, that was the openings uh, tune from what we called, we called the, the program Rock and Roll Museum at that time, from rock and roll to blues, where it comes from, the heritage is blues, and then translated in time in different forms of music. So that was a little bit the reason to, but we always did one Elvis song, you know, from the 50s still sure, sure. For, for the show. That was, people wanted that, and uh, so, hey. And that was that was in Holland, right? That was in the Netherlands, yes, sir. Yeah. That was up all the way up in Friesland, up north, in a very small uh, village uh, where I used, we had the museum. But also, uh, this was uh, in Bolsward. Bolsward was a very local uh, town. For the people who have a connection with the Netherlands and Friesland, you know, they know where Bolsward is because it's known. And, it know was, it's, and the station was Radio Bolsward, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Radio Bolsward. It was a, a regional local station at that time. Yeah. And you had like an hour-long show? Is that what you yeah. did? Yeah, we did an hour. Uh, we had it pre-recorded, you know. Of course, it was not live because that was not possible because this was all volunteers. Sure. So in the, in the daytime... We all had to work. I, I worked too, by the way. I had this museum, but I had a full-time job you sure, know, sure, in Amsterdam. Sure. So, you know, you only could do that in the weekend. So uh, when uh, my colleague Rainer Jorisma, <laughs> really Frisian name, had time, then we would record a couple of shows. And, uh, you know, we, we, I made the selection. And then we would sit like we do now. We would sure. talk about it. You know? Sure, yeah. That's fun stuff. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I had a blast. <laughs> I've, I've got a bunch of these cuts. We'll play, we'll play some of these uh, tonight as, as, as we go along. And, uh-huh. and, and some of the music that you had in there was just, I mean, obviously the the Dutch audiences were real big fans of, of this. Well, of, well I mean, we know. focused, uh, like I said, in this program, I focused on, I said, Spotlight on the Yardbirds. That's English, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I got that. So, yeah. I mean, we had the Yardbirds and then also the animals in there, but also a little John Lee Hooker. And, you know, we tried to get that connection uh, where they got it from. Because yeah. the Europeans, we all knew it was uh, it was not original from England, you know. Well, sure. British blues was we call it now the British invasion, but at that time it was just British blues or beat music or whatever you wanted to call it, right? You know, but it was definitely not uh, or originated in England. And uh, groups like the Stones, the Beatles, and all all those they 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 also said that to everybody, which was fair because that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, a lot of blues artists didn't get the credit they deserved. Muddy Waters when he came in England. Fire Chris Barber, I remember that. Yeah. You know, he uh, he got out of the plane, and he was there was all these people. So he saw there was a riot going on or whatever. But they all came to see him, and he was he didn't he didn't realize that. No, right? he, he 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 said in the interview later on that said I couldn't believe all these people that came to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's England, you know. Yeah. And they, these people were very popular down there too. And of course, later on, they got more popular because when people like Eric Clapton and you name well, sure, with the Yardbirds and all yeah. of that, when they were pulling the Robert Johnson stuff out, yes. and you know, all that was that was all the lights. John Mayle, yeah, yep, John Mayle, yep. yeah. And, you know, so and that was I was very very young then, and we loved that was our culture, our lifestyle. We liked the music. We had terrible long hair. We had a terrible generation conflict with parents. My, sure. my parents hated this music. 
But the fun part is like even the Beatles, they hated it because we had long hair and this and this. And then 10 years later, I remember my mother, my late mother said to me, oh, look at these cute little boys here down there on the TV. And that's where the Beatles said, yeah, they were the same people which you hated and told me that I had to go to the hairdresser and whatever. And I got right. kicked out of school because of that. I said, amazing what time does. Yeah, it you really know? does. It's, it's amazing. And, and how cross-cultural this music was. Yeah. And it went all over the world. Blues went all over the world, translated in another form. People made it their, in their own. And the, and the cool guys, because not everybody was cool, they would admit that. Yeah. And at least gave them the credit. So credit means also royalties, right? So that also makes money. So there were people, a lot of people who did it. Stones definitely did that. So that yeah. was kind of cool. And um, Zeppelin, not so much. Uh, I do not want to go there. because. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll I'll not mention it anymore, Theo. No, okay, I'll, okay, I will mention it. <laughs> no, no, it's always been kind of a running gag that the first album well, was a cover like album. If you, you know. In the museum, is there is a little forty five, you know, and that is not from uh, what is it? We have a couple of them actually. Uh, you shook me. Yeah, you shook me. Yeah. <laughs> and which is the other one? There's another one the, too. The lemon song was that the other yeah, one? Yeah, killing floor. Yeah, yeah killing floor. And there's one more. But now I God, I have a brain. Uh, Tick. Yeah, well. <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, and, but the thing was, and that was okay, a whole lot of love. That's it, a whole lot of love, yeah. Need love from Muddy Waters. I put it in the museum really clear, and the, the problem what I had with Led Zeppelin this, and for the Led Zeppelin fans, uh, I mean, I played him as a disc jockey tool because I was also a disc jockey for three years, you know, not sure. on the radio, but normally in, in bars. Right. You know, we played it a lot, and it was a great song. The riff from Jimmy Page is fantastic, but still... They said it was their own music, yeah. and I wasn't. And yeah. and and literally, uh, you know, they had to get sued. Well, that didn't happen because it was settled. But there were all kind of, you know, Willie Dixon huh, wrote these numbers, yeah, and yeah. it's copyright again. We we can't say it enough. I mean, people need to get paid when they're doing all this stuff, and not people should steal. And that's the thing. And everybody, you take something, you make it your own. Hey, no, nothing is original in blues anymore because it's all there. So you, yeah. you will have the same riffs and stuff. But at least if you do something with literally the same words and the same notes, you should credit the people who got it for and put their names on there. Yeah, you know? yeah, you should. You know, you well, know? a lot of lessons were learned in those days. Yeah, I mean, and it's only of course when it is a hit because ninety ninety five ninety nine percent doesn't become known <laughs> that's at right, all. Yeah, you know, that's, and that's right. then it's yeah. not a problem. But you got to be honest with that, you know. And I think what I don't understand also, if you get this attention as a group and you know you're doing really well, yeah, God, you, you should tell these people except we took it a little bit from you and pay you some money. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, it's you have fair. all these millions of dollars, you know, or what? It's, so. You're not going to have to fire a maid. No, I, so I don't get that. <laughs> yeah. I really don't understand that. But uh, my personal experience with Robert Plant is one of the few artists which was not great either. So, I yeah. mean, I, like I said, I don't want to go there. But it, to me, it, it it told me something. It said, yeah, I understand you guys. I see how you operate because I've seen him doing something that's not nice. Okay. So some people are like that. You know, we're all humans. You know, some people are nasty and some people are not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of how Fair that and unfair. That's the way goes you know but at least financially that all got uh, got resolved later on and uh you know but th that was not like eric clapton who left the yardbirds at a certain time who said hey it's not enough blues now they're gonna go pop music and i don't want to do that right although later on he did it but of course he did that doesn't matter he, the intention was there and at that time he was bloody serious and because the yardbirds 
got a major hit with For Your Love, and that was the end for Eric Clapton, you know, for yeah. the Yardbirds. Yeah. And of course, then Jimmy Page, and you know the story, and then it becomes Led Zeppelin. They got a lot of great musicians in there who became somebody, you know? Oh, sure. So the Yardbirds, I thought, was always nice. It's To me, it's like our own high school band a little bit, you right, know? Right, They did covers, <laughs> so did right. our high school band, you know? So it was kind of nice, but very, very popular in the, in, in the 60s. Yeah, and uh, great you, music still. So, were, were you playing any around that time? You're on the air and in, uh, in Bolsward? Uh Playing? Were what? you playing? Were you playing piano? No, 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 no. Now the piano playing for me, you know, uh, yeah, that that. How was that actually? Well, it happened like this. My my uh, my parents didn't didn't want me to play drums. So here it is. I was 14, and I I got this drum set. You know, and I like drums because. Drums I uh, played on 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 a, on a wedding from an uncle of mine. You know there was yeah. this jazz combo, and I was a loud little kid, ten, eleven years old. You know, playing drum. Never did it before. Trying to keep the beat. You know. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. And I said, so I, I traded this drum set for a couple of uh, LPs. <laughs> so I had this huge old drum set in my in my room. You know. Somebody got a deal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, actually, were the first two Beatle LPs, the uh, European yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, which were actually very expensive. Yeah. in those days and we didn't make any money so you had to really save to buy a record you know sure so uh, that that probably was the equivalent of a couple of hundreds at least dollars you know yeah. now yeah. maybe a thousand or now you know if you would translate it back because for all the problems you had but anyway the drum set so I started rehearsing drums and then I started to have this band too with uh, but we couldn't get to find a bass player that was a very hard at that time right. there were no bass players in where I lived in Appledore in the Netherlands okay it's like Memphis <laughs> yeah well bass players is is very important and uh, yeah is hard you know and uh, so that didn't go anywhere and then my father who worked he, he was a doctor you know and he uh, would go to his patient late at night and whatever so I was always playing drums so at a certain time, I never forget this. He comes in my room. He said, "Oh, Theo, by the way, that thing's got to get out of there." I said, "What are you talking about? Your drum set." He said, "I don't want to have this noise in the house anymore when I come home." And we know how this goes, so it's got to go. So then they came up with the idea that I should play guitar. So I go to this guitar lessons. Well, it was classical guitar. Uh huh. And my father played classical music. And we played the Stones and Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and whatever, <laughs> but anything but classical music. Not that it, now I like it, some of it, not all, but sure. it was at that time. It was oh jeez, you know, it was uh, it was not good. And so I had to trade that. So then there was this piano in the living room. No, it was a black piano, and nobody played it, you know. And then my Mother had it painted white at a certain time because that looked better or something. So I said, okay. So I started rehearsing and listening to Jimmy Reed and try to do that. That's why I'm totally autodidact. I'm not. I can't read notes. I, uh, you know, I don't progress anymore with my key- keyboard playing. I try to, but it's funny. You know, it's like it was just learning by doing. Yeah, and you play by ear. Yeah. You want to? So, you want to play a little bit? I can do one. Yeah, why yeah. not? Oh, right. Let's do one here and then we'll and then we'll, and then we'll uh, pause. Okay, let's do one. Let's see what we can do. The boogeyman is back in town. The boogeyman is here. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I hear myself laughing. That's really weird. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to run through the PA over there. <laughs> All right, let's see. 
Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the Boogeyman, Theo Dosbach. Yeah, and uh, 
Een prachtige bluesy uitvoering van dat nummer Don't Lie To Me. Liegt niet tegen mij van Chuck Berry. En wat wij in ons programma Rock'n'Roll Museum altijd proberen aan te tonen is waar die groepen van de 60e jaren hun inspiratie vandaan kregen. Dat was natuurlijk die sterren van de 50e jaren. De zwarte rocksterren en de blanke rocksterren, maar ook veel bluesartiesten. En één daarvan was John Lee Hooker. You know what I'm saying down there? Yeah, one of them was John Lee Hooker. Them, yeah. So we tried to do what what we tried to do with that radio program was really where to show people where the music came from. So I'm talking about, you know, the, the white artists and black artists, you know, and black music was the source. That's more or less what I'm trying to say there. I got gotcha. you. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an education. Well, it's a, the show you, was you try to, uh, Rock and Roll Museum. Well, yeah. uh, also in, the, in Holland at that time, this is the year 2000, uh, blues was not really that popular at that time. Now we have the Dutch Blues Foundation, so it got a lot of attention. We got a lot of friends. You had them here too, I think, some people from mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the IBC every year. You know, there's a lot of Dutch. <laughs> But at that time, there was I was there at a low point, actually, really. And so I said, well... What can we do to keep this music alive? So you got to start with rock and roll because if you don't, people would not dig it, you know? So that's why I did the compare. That's why I got my whole team and I did the team with the museum. I said, okay, let's, yeah, educate, right? Right. By listening, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. uh, and uh, so that's what I tried. And of course, I didn't have all the records, you know, this is a different time. We used to play literally, you know, from the LPs. And yeah. CDs, maybe if we had them, you know, but and 45s, you know, so that's what and cassettes we had too, you know, and that was still uh, the way it went then. It was a totally different world, but uh, so that's what we tried to do. And uh, for me, it was always a lot of fun to do it. You, you know, know, before we got on, we were, you and Mark were talking about listening on a crystal set. And you were, of course, you were hearing all sorts of things, you know, because you, you, had, you had your antenna hooked up to the radiator. In the yes. house, and you're yeah. tuning in the crystal, and I guess by by sundown, you know, sort of, the, yeah. the the the, prop, the propagation of the signal was a lot better. So sure. you're pulling in. You said Luxembourg, is that right? Yeah, yeah. we had uh, it's it, it's Radio Luxembourg. Yeah, Radio Luxembourg, your station of the stars. That's what it was. And the whole, you know, they had music from the 50s, you know. I heard Gene Vincent down there for the first time. You know, I'm 10, 11 years old, you know. And then we heard the beginning of the Beatles, too. I mean, when Love Me Do in England before, way before the United States, you know, they they became in England. It was the latest new thing. I remember that. And we listened. We heard Love Me Do. And I thought it was the Everly Brothers. It got kind of tame. You yeah, know? yeah. Because we like to dance yeah, and stuff. Yeah, kind of lame, wasn't it? Yeah. After rock and roll, you get this now. You know, I mean, <laughs> this. And then later on, but we, we, what I didn't know at that time, of course, they played for years and years, ribbon and blues and cover numbers, like the Rolling Stone did, and they figured out they were very clever and good songwriters, as we know now. Yeah. But you know, they figured also out that after years of starving, you know, you really need to make your own songs to make some money for the rights. So they were smart. <laughs> sure. And then. You know this team. It's like 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 Jagger and Richard. They find out suddenly. Hey, we can do this. We can write songs, and people like our songs. Yeah. And it takes a while, and you listen. The same thing with both both groups. If you want to compare them, you know it's different kind of music, but they did exactly the same thing. They started out making the first LPs. Half of it is cover numbers, and then now and then there's a tryout song from themselves. And yeah. It became. 
oh, not bad, you know. They would slip one in there, yeah. Yeah, the slip. I want to be your man, yeah. right? Because that's funny, by Ringo Starr. Then the Stones do that number two, you know. Yeah. And it's amazing when you, when you hear that. They said, okay, this was their own little try. And, and then, of course, the Stones are started doing their own stuff too, you know. Yeah. Empty Heart was something from Nanker Felger, which is uh, Jagger and, and Richards, you know, which is really crappy song to be honest but it's it had a great beat and people liked it and it so it didn't really matter and then later on they get their act together after doing all this blues normal the stones are doing the stones thing right and the beatles get their own way totally different way too so so as a kid then uh or or, or even later in life i guess you spent a lot uh, most of your evenings listening to the radio didn't you well i'll tell you what if you're at school and you're 11 years old and you got this little radio you don't have any problem to go to bed early so you listen every night to the music till deep till two o'clock. My parents never knew that. <laughs> yeah, because you had the little earpiece. You had in a little it. earpiece in there. You know, I mean, you were sleeping. Yeah, yeah, nobody Great. can see it. Yeah, they come in to no. check on you. You're laying on that side of the bed. Yeah, yeah. you're just, you're, so, just, I mean, I you're rocking out to, and, you know. And, and it was great. They had, and they had American music. And you got to understand if you're not from the United States, you know, yeah, yeah. and you hear all this stuff and it's new and it's vibrant, you know. I mean, now if we're talking about, 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 about uh, Muddy Waters or, or the Stones or the Beatles, those are groups, you know, greater than life and have been there for such a long time and still sell. But that time it was brand new, exciting. They looked different. They, the whole industry around it was different because yeah. also in, in, in Europe, uh, the record companies find, found out at a certain time, hey, you know, these kids have money. They can buy something because I remember when, you know, my country was destroyed by the Second World War, right? Yeah. And I'm oh, from yeah. 49, so... It took them 15 years to, to get the country together, sort of. So when the young people start making money, like me, when I was 14, you had little jobs here. Sure. So you had a couple of uh, guilders and stuff, and the record was 360, I remember. 325. 325. Three guilders, 25, yeah. But you made it 25 cents an hour. Uh-huh. So it was, and an LP was 1650. That's and a lot that, of hours. And later it was 18. <laughs> That's a lot of hours, you yeah. know. But we had the money. We worked for that. And, and the cool thing was your friends would buy a record. And you couldn't afford the next. So, you know, he would, you would buy the next one and he would buy the other one. Uh. She would buy that other one. And you would go together and listen to it in your own little room or cellar without your parents because they hated it anyway. Yeah, well, you know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the same thing, I bought American Folk Blues, you know, from what, 1964. That was one of the records I bought, Muddy Waters at Newport 2, yeah. the first of the Stones, the first of the Beatles, you know, and then later on the Yardbirds and stuff, you know, and that's all, uh, you know, was, was something, but that was major because also when you had that record, you go with your friends, this was a, discussion piece it was you know it was not only uh music to listen you like it or you don't you could meet somebody you have a discussion with your friends and then later on what i found out at school that if you were a dg you know you could make people dance on music actually you could direct the whole room it was really great oh yeah it was fun man and so i did that too you know so i was a disc jockey with my own records and then that's why later on when i was in amsterdam this is uh, 1969, yeah. you know, when all the riots were there after 68. Interesting times. So there was no way that you could have a band and make a record. Like today you can make your own record like I did in a studio with friends and stuff. And musicians, yeah. you pay them and it's all good. That didn't exist then. Besides, you didn't have the money. So 
I found out that making being a disc jockey that she could make people happy and dance and meet ladies, right? Yeah, Same yeah. thing. It was uh, kind of neat, you know, and easy. <laughs> so it was all good. And uh, so actually I became a disc jockey in Amsterdam because I found out that this is the way to make money. So imagine when you, you're a student, like, like in Holland, okay, the education might be free. You still have to live and pay for that, okay, and the books and the stuff. Yeah. So I found out that you got – if you have a job that but being a disc jockey in the nightlife, you made really good money. Yeah, better than that 25 cents an hour. Well, yeah, I'll give you an example. I, I became a disc jockey first with Theo Dosbach Disco Sound, I called it. I have still a little business cards. <laughs> I'm 20 years old, okay? Oh, that's awesome. And it was awesome. And then and what I did, I was I was going to study, I found out, because I really didn't know, no clue what I had to do. I mean, I'm sorry for the youth of today, because they have to decide when they're almost born, what they're going to be. Yeah. But we didn't know, and we didn't care either. You know, it was quite a simple, if we needed money, we would work somewhere, whatever it was and then we if you could study if you had the brain capacity of that then you would figure out what to do in due times so i didn't know what to do so my father came up with this idea that i would go marketing and stuff well i did marketing well actually i hated it i worked two weeks on an advertising agent but being a dish jockey was a lot more fun and oh, i made yeah. and i made more money because the thing is like this when you rent yourself out with your record player two lenkos yeah you know lenko the old yeah, lenko, yeah and then we had uh i bought about 12 speakers from philips but they were not they weren't refurbished or something yeah and then we built this huge case and so we had this huge box that were very heavy, you know. And you boom. put all the speakers in there and wired them together? All the speakers in there. And then <laughs> I could, f- I could, f- you put them up high up and I could blow a big, uh, really, the Lido in Amsterdam, it still exists. Yeah. Downstairs, that thing, that was me. I would play there on Friday and Saturday night. At the Lido in Amsterdam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the beginning and later on uh, anywhere. But people also in the student parties, they would hire me in. So I would, let's say, your living was maybe 350 a month. Yeah. In the room, I made 125 a night. Well, there you go. But you had costs. Huh? I mean, so, and I let them pay for the taxi because we didn't have cars. This is Europe, and we don't sure. know Amsterdam, you don't need cars. No, not no. then. And so it was really very, I mean, in four nights, I made just as much money for the whole month. Yeah. And I would do probably, well, about eight a month. And then I worked as, as a, in a student club with our manager for a while yeah, and yeah. all kind of being a bartender here and whatever and little so you would make really good money and the studying i did now and then when i you know when i wanted to because <laughs> yeah. i didn't know what to do in the end i got a law degree and degree and started working the financial work but the music was always kept kept me sane and kept me going yeah and at a certain time you know if you do this for years for money then it's getting a little old so i said no i got to do something so I, I i met my crossroads in 1972 you know after three years being this jockey i said enough i want to do something different you know yeah. i want to be now yeah. catered to not the one who's catering but right. the other way around right you oh know, so yeah uh, you, you feel that it, i've paid my dues it's time to move along well no, no. sometimes i very believe it's funny maybe that's why i like the blues so much I believe very much in these crossroads. And I think everybody has crossroads. You've got to realize that oh, yeah. you have them. And then you've got to make a decision, not sit in your ass, because you're definitely going to be hit by a car on the crossroad if you stand down there. You know, yeah. you really got to go away. And I have that every so many years, you know, a little bit less lately, but now I have my big crossroad thing with the museum. And we'll see what happens. You know? <laughs> Perfect. But that's the way I 
words. <laughs> the boogeyman, the flying Dutchman, Theo Dosbach is here in the studio. We'll uh, we'll have some more with him here in a moment. Mark Caldwell is yeah. here from the Memphis Blues Society. You've had a busy weekend. You were uh, hanging out in the cotton patch for a while. That was fun. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, the full, I mean, the big stuff's going on right now uh, down in uh, Holly Springs with the Kimbrough. Today's the... This, Pretty much late this afternoon tonight is the the finale. All all at the hut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night they had a jam. Last night they had a jam. Uh, and actually the festival started last night. Yeah. I was yeah. at a workshop all day yesterday. It was cool. Yeah. Did you learn anything at the workshop? Time. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, Dwayne Burnside, David Burnside, Robert. Uh, wow. Good stuff. Good. Good. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that festival's getting better every year. They it was packed last night. I was so happy about that. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. just a ton of people. They had trouble parking. They couldn't have space. So uh, even better. Good. Yeah, that's a good. That's thing. A, yeah, it was good. Good, so. good, good. So I was happy about that. Uh, they're doing a great job down there. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for the time, Rick. I appreciate it. Uh, just want to go over the Memphis uh, Blue Society gig and event calendar uh, for this coming week, uh, the week of Sunday night, Sunday November, uh, May nineteenth. This Tuesday, May 21st, uh, 4 to 7, Doc Fang is in the Remedy. They're at B.B. King's Blues Club. May 22nd, uh, Wednesday, 8 o'clock, Eric Hughes Band. They're at Rumbuggy Cafe. Actually, they're there Wednesday and Thursday. That's the regular uh, regular gig every Thursday and Wednesday night at right. Rumbuggy Cafe. Right. That's at 8 o'clock. Um, Friday, May 24th, uh, 8 o'clock, Eric Hughes Band. They also are at Rumbuggy Cafe. Uh, Friday, May 24th at 9 o'clock, Doc Fang is in the Remedy there at Hadley's out on Old Witten Road. Uh, this coming weekend, this is Memorial Day weekend coming up. Saturday, May 25th, 11.30, Eric Hughes is aboard Backbeat Tours. He's playing solo. I strongly recommend if anyone hasn't been on that tour, you need to check that out. Very cool stuff. Um, also, uh, this is a great show. Uh, Saturday, May 25th uh, to Sunday, May 26th, it's the Exit 56 Blues Festival. That's out at Brownsville, Tennessee at the West Tennessee Heritage. Uh, that, uh, they are doing a great job with that festival. So, yeah. yep. uh, to learn more about that, uh, the tickets uh, information there at www.exit56blues.com. A lot, of, a lot of great musicians, including some of uh, the musicians were down, that are down at uh, the Kimbra Fest today, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday, May 25th, uh, Zeke Johnson. This is going to be a good show over at Netherlands. This Saturday, May 25th, $7 cover, 8 to 11 o'clock, Zeke Johnson's Three Generations Jug Rascals. That is always a great time to see them. That okay, is a, that Sound, is it sounds show. fun, yeah. It's a good show, it really is. That's over at Netherlands, uh, Coffee Bar on Cooper Street. Uh, same day, Saturday, May 25th, at 8 o'clock, Eric Hughes Band and Royal Beach Cafe. They're basically there from Wednesday through the weekend, so that, that'll be a good show. Uh, Eric is always great to see, yep. so that is wonderful. Um, also, Doc Fangas, they're in the Remedy. They're at Blue Monkey, Ca uh, Blue Monkey on Madison Avenue on Saturday, May 25th. That's at 1030. Um, now I'll get into the – that's kind of the weekend stuff for the Memorial Day weekend. Um, we've got a couple of cool things coming up. Um, first, I think I'm right. You're emceeing tomorrow night. I am. At Lafayette's. Yes. For the uh, Royal Blues Band. Uh, that's their, the big band jam. Um, they're usually the third third Tuesday of every month. But this one is but, a Monday. Yeah, yeah, Tav Falco is playing Tuesday, so I guess they, they're moving the jam. But Tav Monday. wants, Tav gets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
That, by the way, is a cool show. I think oh, that's yeah. the only cool. I think it's the only time Tav uh, he's Falcon just and Panther Burns yeah. are here for the entire year. Yeah, because he's he lives in Europe. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So yeah. really, if you if you want to see a good show, go down to Lafayette's on Tuesday night. Uh, so twenty first start on Monday again. Okay, Monday tomorrow night. Now it's six to nine. Is that right? That's it's what been I saw seven post- to ten. Yeah, <laughs> what I saw posted today was six to nine tomorrow, and it must be changed because of the scheduling moving back to Monday. I mean, I may be wrong. I think that's but, what they said Thursday night. Did I saw, they? I saw um, Jack. And they, and they said okay. it was six to nine? I think. Yeah, right. it's really changed around because of the moving back to Monday. So, um, But anyway, uh, Rick is the MC. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be good. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) you would think, um, no, because it all started innocently enough when Jack was in here and he said, would you do me a favor and MC the, 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 the show last month? And I said, yeah, "Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I go down there and it, one thing led to another and I'm up there doing shtick and there was, there was, (laughs) there were, there were musicians. It was crazy. It was out of control. And then when I left, Jack pulls me aside and he goes, you're doing this every month now. And I, I said, okay, I appreciate that. So, and and when I first saw the posting, he didn't he didn't reach out to me directly. But when he, when I saw the posting for this month, yeah, I'm thinking, is that a typo because it said Monday? But then with the Tav Falco thing, that no. made sense. Yeah. Now the time from six to the, what I've been seeing it says six to nine. So. You better check with Jack. Yeah, hey, I'll get with Jack. <laughs> Jack, what are you doing, man? Yeah, Jack, please go to all our records. Yeah, okay? please. Yeah, I'll, I'll hunt him down. I'll send him a message. Um, but the jam that Jack's doing is wonderful, though. It's yeah, oh, it's doing, fun. It's been doing real good, and the, the sound at Lafayette's is incredible. So. Keith, Keith Lyle has been uh, up there working the sound. Yeah, up there, so yeah. all you jammers, um, uh, you it might get, get loud. a chance to, to yeah. be on Lafayette's stage. You go over to Lafayette's tomorrow night. Oh, they got that whole new backstage area. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Nice. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful job. Oh, it's sweet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so get a chance to, to listen to Rick tomorrow night. So that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, we've got two other events coming up. Um, Saturday, June 1st, uh, this is Texas Roadhouse. Uh, this is the grand opening of Texas Gr- Roadhouse. Um, yeah, Jackie called me about it. Yeah, did she? Okay. Yeah, she did. Um, Raven's Call, which um, Jackie Floor, that's her rock band, um, they are hosting this. And. Um, Texas Roadhouse is at 4936 Raleigh-Lagrange. It's the old mugs. That's, yeah, I meant to ask. That's what it is. Okay, it's, it's the, the old, old mugs. mugs. Yeah, yeah, if you remember where that was at, it's yeah. at old mugs. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a, basically a 12-hour event. Oh, yeah, it's it is. from 12 noon until 12 midnight. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yes, it has a wet T-shirt. Con- <laughs> See, she asked me if I'd be interested bucks, in judging. Uh, Fifty bucks, you could win the wet T-shirt contest. And she goes, "Rick, would you be interested in judging this?" I went, "Oh, please." <laughs> I don't know if you've got the right guy for this. Uh, I've done a, a ton of them, and oh, you know, I, I, it. <laughs> They can be a lot of fun, or they can go really, really wrong. Yes, yeah, yes. really. I've, yeah, I've yes. seen some. Some horrible, horrible things uh, happen at a wet T-shirt contest, and uh, I just my patience for them have gone a little. <laughs> it's up there with the pregnant bikini contest yeah. that I just oh, here. Oh, that was, no. uh, yeah, I, I still have nightmares. But uh, but this sounds like a <laughs> yeah. It's hosted by by Jackie's band Ravens Call. Yeah. Food, drinks, fun. There's games. Um, Brad Webb and friends. Uh, they're going to be from uh, six thirty to wait a minute. No, three thirty to six thirty. Yeah. And I'm going to be with our uh, – we're going to have our Me- uh, Memphis Blues Society merch table membership. Yeah. We'll set yep. that up for the blues portion of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope to be there but, too. 
Yeah, good. Um, yeah, Theo, you should, Jackie, you should judge the wet T-shirt contest, yeah, Theo. Theo. It'll be Listen, big. I judged IBC, okay? That was good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> yeah, there's no points for style in this. So I've taken yeah. a sabbatical for a year. Come on, man. Give I hear you, break. brother. I hear you. Oh, I never and, uh, got this one. Yeah, this craziness. Beer pong. Wet. Yeah, oh, beer pong, cornhole, <laughs> dunk tank, and raffle twos. Oh, and don't forget the most important fun. Adult Twister. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, that's right. What it's is there. that? That's An right. adult Twister. <laughs> it's Twister without children is what it is. <laughs> Twister is... Oh, I don't know what it is. Okay, Twister is... It was, it was a game that came... It was big in the 70s, I guess it was, 60s and 70s. Yeah, 60, yeah. And oh, it was... No, a, it, you kids, put, you yeah. put this tarp on the floor, and it had these different colored dots. And then you had a spinner, and then somebody oh. would spin the thing, and it would say, take your left hand and put it on a blue dot. And then they would spin again, take, take your right foot and put it on a green dot. And then, but there's all these people that are in there with you, and it's You're all twisted around. Oh, and, yeah. And, and I prefer Chubby Checker, okay? I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I, I feel you, buddy. There's no music involved in this. And the well, adult that, version that, that, sometimes. That, that's already a big, big problem. <laughs> and if there's a, a wet t shirt contest, well, and there an might adult be some music in there, doesn't it? There could be. Wet it could music? Be okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yes. Uh, Anyway, Jackie Jackie is a wonderful supporter of the Blue Society. Oh, she's I mean, lovely. She yeah, she's is wonderful. wonderful yeah. And she's ex- she's excited about this. Yeah, she's gone I mean, crazy she asked the Blue it, Society to come be a part of this. I think it's pretty cool. You know, it is so, jamming for pets. That's, so, uh, yeah, please come out there again. This is going to be um, this is a Saturday, June 1st. It's basically deal, 12 noon. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm still on the uh, Texas oh, Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Anyway, go to Texas Roadhouse, Saturday, June 1st, and that's from 12 noon to 12 uh, midnight, 4936 Raleigh Grange. can be a good time. Oh, sure. Uh, the last thing, um, this is cool, and I've been getting a lot of great comments. Uh, you know, people want to come to this and be a part of this, but it's called Jamming for Pets. It's a benefit for Save One Pet. Um, they are a wonderful organization out of Hernando. Um, what they specialize is finding uh, homes for rescues, Right. Uh, what they have a network of uh, foster parents that will foster the homes. You know, house the the pets that they, you know, right. they're trying it's, to find homes. Does it go that you have, have a pet for one month or something, then they find yeah, an adoptive yeah, parent? Yeah, their whole yeah. goal is fantastic. to find. That their is whole really goal is cool, to find man. it for yeah. home for all of the pets. I might even want to so do it myself between, one day. <laughs> yeah. So in yeah. between, they have these foster parents that take That's care neat. of the pets yeah. until they find the forever home. Yeah. Or and usually what happens is the fosters go. I think we're keeping this one. <laughs> well, Neil, when happens. Neil found out pets were getting his, I you got to make sure I don't leave with one. So yeah, <laughs> uh, well, well. Um, but anyway, this is uh, it, this is on the, actually the day after the uh, Texas Roadhouse Grand Opening. So this is on Sunday, June second, and this is over at Neil's Music Room at fifty seven twenty seven Quince Road. Um, they're asking for a minimum ten dollar donation at the door. All of the money, uh, tip buckets. Uh, Silent auction items, that will all be, go right to help save one pet. Um, this is called Jammer for Pets because this is, this is it's basically a jam. The entire, the entire four hours is a jam. Yeah. Uh, it's hosted by Brad Webb and Friends. So if you are a jammer, uh, all jammers are welcome. Please come out and uh, help support this. It could be a cool time. So. Yeah. And, and may I ask one question? Uh, yeah. If I got it right, 
you have all these animals down there too, outsiders. Out something. on you, the patio. You can see a lot of these animals. Yeah, if you want an animal, if you, you can yeah, pick literally your own animal. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, they, uh, save one pet. They're yeah. bringing pets for adoption. So they do this outside out in the, the back? Or, or They have a patio right next door, right next Whoa, to the... Wow, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be really cool. So, so if you're an animal really lover, fun. you can... Yeah. No, it, Not only listen cool. to music, you can also... No, you got the best of both worlds. Pets to adopt and you can't if you can't get lucky in the room, you can take a dog home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. You can, you can interpret that however you would like. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that song No More Dogging from Cash McCall? That's it. <laughs> no More Dogging. That's what that is. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, but this is going to be cool. That'll so, be fun. Yeah, yeah. Please come look. out. Again, it's, this is on Sunday, June 2nd. Three to seven o'clock over at Neil's yeah, music. The afternoon room. is nice too. Yeah. Well, it's it's musician friendly. If you yeah, they did they scheduled it in the middle of the afternoon, early evening. Yeah, so but also for, for had, people. I mean, to go it, Sunday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, hey. but, yeah exactly. If so, you go to saveonepet.org, which I just did, that is it, their address. Yeah, it, but it's one the number one. So save the number one uh, pet. No, uh, I'm glad you said that, Rick. Yeah. yeah. Saveonepet.org is their website. If you and like they have a they have. Uh, uh, a kind of a rogues gallery of all these dogs that are that are available, and there's some there's some cute little bastards up there. Um, uh, but uh, but oh yeah, there's a lot of puppies. Sweet. Yeah, they're, they're such a lose for, for pets. This, so yeah. So if you, if you if you're looking for a dog, uh, if you're looking for and and you go go to Neil's and uh, and get one. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Well, they got yeah. cats too, I hope, right? I, I think so. Everything, I think. I think yeah. Are yeah, I'm do? not sure what all they're going to actually bring to the to the patio, but uh, well, maybe can catch my squirrel would eat all our food, you know, <laughs> from the birds. I don't know. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, no, no. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that they'll have any like monkeys there or anything like that. But you never no, know. But, uh, but that's a great, great cause, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this could be good. That is really, yeah, really good. All you jammers, you know? come on out, man. Uh, Brad Webb and French, you can't do better than that. They're going to host the Yeah, they, there's some cats up there. So yeah. this could be good. Yeah. Sweet. This could be good. So, yeah, that'll be fun. <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, for more information about uh, volunteering. And, oh, by the way, we do need volunteers for this Jammer for Pet uh, Yeah, in pr- principle, I will volunteer. There you go. Um, there you go so Kyle. if you yeah. would like to help, we need people helping pass the tip bucket around and helping uh, – questions and helping people with the silent auction so, yeah so if you would like to help uh just you can contact me on facebook it's mark middle initial e caldwell you can just message me and i can get back with you uh, for information about volunteering so this could be a cool time and also Pets and members music. blue society right i mean you can catch me on the email address it's it's member my back it's a long one it's <laughs> it's memphis blue society membership at gmail.com so it's memphis long. blue society membership at gmail.com so catch me an email or facebook messenger and we would love for you to be able to help uh and cool Niels, Niels knows it too so yeah Niels and quince huh? neil is wonderful he is such yeah, a, Niels a great guy of yeah. all of this stuff i know neil since well since i came to the united states almost yeah, you know it's uh neil is, is wonderful yep. so he he was more than happy to help out with this so Oh yeah, well he's got a he's got a big heart. So yeah, he does. So cool. thank you very much, Rick. I thank you, Mark. Appreciate your help. I appreciate thank it, you. cool, Mark. Yeah, Theo, thank you so much for coming. Uh, oh, I just want to mention next Sunday we've got Johnny Riley and his hired gun and the hired guns and the hired guns. They yeah. will be here. That's Memorial Day weekend Sunday, so that'll be a good show. This is Johnny's first time here in the studio. So is this it, will is be good. Johnny has is not been in Johnny the show from Carl Marble. Marble. Yes. Yeah, guy. I know him, too. Well, he played yeah. in front of the museum, man. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Years he did ago. play there. Yeah, it was a pretty good show, man. He has man. a band now called uh, The Hired Guns. And, ah, uh, well, maybe I should. Next Sunday. Yeah, you should come in. I would. Yeah, yeah. Come, on in. come on in. It'll be hmm. it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a good show. 
I'll so. put it on the calendar. Yeah, please do. <laughs> it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, most people have yeah, Monday well, off. So. I mean, I'm from Holland, so we don't do Memorial weekend. Right? Yeah, but you're in the United States. You're having that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have no memory of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> when, when people people ask, joking, people people ask my wife, they go, "Is there a Fourth of July in Ireland?" And she goes, "No, we Are go from the third to the fifth. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Right? <laughs> that really is. That's perfect. Absolutely. Uh, we'll pause and we come back. I've got some more of Radio Ballsword coming up here, man. <laughs> this is good. It's good. We're gonna put, you people are going to hear something in a foreign language here in a little while. And don't freak out. Radio Memphis around the world with D. Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central on Radio Memphis. Uh, 
andere groepen in die tijd werden beïnvloed door de zwarte bluesmuziek. En een van die groepen was de Yardbirds, waar we dan uh, verschillende nummers van gaan draaien. En u weet waarschijnlijk wel dat de Yardbirds bijzonder beroemde gitaristen naar voren heeft gebracht. Onder andere Eric Clapton. En uit uh, die begintijd met Eric Clapton draaien wij het nummer uh, van... Uh, Gemaakt oorspronkelijk, moet ik zeggen, door uh, Howling Wolf. En dat nummer heet Smokestack Lightning. Mooi nummer, swingt de pan uit. Dit is een live opname uit uh, december 1963. Uh, wat helaas pas wat later uitkwam. Want de Yardbirds hadden toen nog niet eens een platencontract met de maatschappij. Dus uh, wat wij gaan doen, is wij draaien nu een aantal Yardbirds nummers. En uh, Smokestack Lightning is het eerste nummer daarvan. Let's have a big hand for the Yardbirds, please. Smokestack Lightning.
en de Jaarbirds die zouden ook zeer beroemd en bekend worden in die tijd. Doordat ze optraden met grote bluesartiesten. En een daarvan was uh, Sonny Boy Williams. Yeah, blues artist, I got blues that. Blues artist, very good. <laughs> yeah, Sonny Boy Williamson, and oh man, he was drunk. <laughs> On the record, oh god. Those are some of the best records. Yes, know? yes, yeah, yes, ab- yes. Absolutely. Atmosphere. <laughs> and we loved it. I mean, we ate that literally up. Well, you know, when that happened, that kind of fusion. Yeah. Same with the animals, you know, he was playing with the animals too. That was amazing. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that's at that time when... You know, blues and rock were right there, you know, yeah. was, they're in each so other's pockets. Yeah. So close. And then you see this interaction. And I, I thought that was good. That was fantastic. Yeah. And for us, that was, these, you couldn't see these people. So if at least if you would play, you would hear them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then life. Yeah, that was, was amazing. Was oh, yeah. Good memories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of such, how about another tune from you over on the, over on the tune keys? Tune from me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see what you got. You only played one. Are we gonna ha- oh, no, I'm going to play right. Oh, you wanted to see what... Oh, it, what, what you said. I'm sorry. No, I was talking about you over on your keyboard playing. Oh, okay. I can do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we can do everything. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. I mean, I haven't right. even gotten into your album yet. I mean... All right. Let's do some. What do you, what do you, what do you feeling like over there? I'm going to do a song that I haven't rehearsed because I wrote it yesterday. Awesome. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Brand new. So I got to figure out if I can do this right, you know? Sure, see. sure. Ooh, that didn't sound good. Hold on. I don't know what that see, is. See, in all, in all of your retirement, you got plenty of time to sit around and play that thing.
something like that. Yeah, or something like that. No, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> While you're sitting there, how about another one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll take this break here. Right? Radio Memphis here in the Booze and Blues. We'll pause. We'll be back with more as we begin to wrap things up here on this Sunday night. Uh, coming up, I'm going to play uh, The Chicken is Dead. Oh, yeah, The Chicken is Dead. Of course. Uh, yeah, we're going to play that. Yeah. Dude, the, the intro is good. Liz Mandeville. Okay, yeah, okay. So- Memphis Metal Mondays with Dirty D, Monday nights at 9 Central 
on Radio Memphis. All right, this this song is actually a product of uh, of a of a of a night of drinking a hell of a lot of wine. To be honest, bottles and bottles. We was with my good friend Liz Mandeville one night during the Duke Joint Festival in the apartment. And uh, we decided after playing the whole day to just sit down and just enjoy ourselves. And this was with Cindy Hudok, uh, my lovely wife. So we went drinking. We took one bottle and in a second we opened another one to try it out. It was just as good as the other one. And then we started talking about songs and music and blues. And I don't know how it got about, but suddenly we were talking about chickens.
Reinder, dames en heren, Reinder Jorgensma in de studio, die had zijn handen omhoog en die zei van, oh, was het nummer nou wel of niet afgelopen? Ik had er ook even een probleem mee, maar ik denk inderdaad dat dat commentaar van Erik Clapton juist is, dat de whisky inderdaad een groot probleem is geweest voor Sonny Boy Williams. Wat denk je, Reinder? Waarschijnlijk wel, ja. Met die stem ook, hè? <laughs> ja, maar mondharmonica kon hij dus desondanks wel goed spelen, denk ik. En uh, hij is ook zeer beroemd geweest. Sonny Boy Williamson. De Yardbirds in die tijd, die speelden allerlei aardige coverwerkjes. En voor de dames en heren, u weet het, het programma heet het Rock'n'Roll Museum. En daar zijn wij mee bezig met Reinder Jorisma. Hier aan de knoppen van Radio Bolswart. Still going strong, mag ik wel zeggen. <laughs> Still going you know, strong. <laughs> they played it. The funny thing, they, they played the show. The show's what I did. They played it for two years after I left home. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and then Reinder, he t- contacted me once and he said, could you just make some of these programs at home via computer? And I said, and then send it up. I said, I said Reinder, I would love to do it, except, but I don't have this recording equipment and I'm working I have this museum now I'm busy with other stuff so right 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 that was a little too complicated but they played he said that he was gonna just for, you know repeat it <laughs> <laughs> well you get that museum sold maybe you could go you could get back into it maybe oh I mean I love radio I was used to love radio and and just checking out the records I it's like being a disc jockey but you talk in between you know sure, I mean, it's, sure. and when I was a disc jockey I would not talk to people Right. I would only say in the beginning, said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, for all your soul freaks, we're going to have some James Brown tonight and others. And uh, But first, for your rock and rollers, we are going to start with Led Zeppelin, blah, 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 and Creedence Creedwater Revival, you know. Yeah. And then for and for everybody, and then I would do 50s rock and roll. So if you had a like a hole with about, let's say there's about 300 people, 
everybody would get their turn because I always told them, said, okay, and I will play some requests, but bear with me. I cannot play 100 requests for all these people, okay? Sure. So you get 10. We have 10 requests per style. So if you don't like soul, just have an hour and you're going to be catered to. So after a while, people knew that. So I had all these people coming, so they would stick out their, what not was their fate, but they knew their music was coming, you know? So actually, they started liking maybe also the other music, because that was a little bit my idea of it. Right. But it was kind of fun, because that really worked, you know? So you had, some people came an hour later, because they know, well, probably at this time, he's going to do this. And that was in Fat City Bar, an American bar in the red light district in Amsterdam. I worked there for Have You. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> And it was for American tourists, you know. There was only Americans in there, yeah. and some lost Dutch people, you know. But it was some really lost funny. Dutch people. <laughs> I, I have heard stories of the famed red light district in Amsterdam. Amsterdam's an enormous city. It's a big city. It's it, yeah. well, it's like the largest airport in the world, isn't it? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Amsterdam really is just it's a big, big city. It's a big city spread out. It's like in a circle. It's around these. Uh, the, 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 the canals, the, mm-hmm. the channels, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, the canals, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the red light district is like, it's like the size the of... the heart like, of the city, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's like the best, biggest German town. I mean, it's, you know... Nah, it's not that big. It's a long, you know, two... Well, maybe now. I don't know. Maybe yeah. But at that time, when I was there, this is... Yeah, you're talking 72? Yeah. You know, uh, I was actually close to the university because i was studying law at the time too right. you know so you know it was actually around the corner you know so it was a, a big from let's say if we here in memphis we go from uh midtown to downtown yeah. and back something like that yeah, you know yeah so it was uh, god it was really funny that the red light street i, I lost clients there from when from my working life once <laughs> I mean, they wanted to see some culture in Amsterdam. So I'm talking to the Anna Frank house, and after that, they want to see the red light district. And whatever happened, said, you sure you want to do this? Yes. And I, so I bring them down there, and, you know, the girls sit in the windows and all that stuff. Yeah, that's stuff. true. They sit in the windows yeah. like they're like And it's 10 o'clock at yeah. night. It's dark. And I look around, and they're gone, and I never saw them again because they were not... They were prospects. I said it wrong. They were not clients. They were prospect clients from the bank. Right. And they came from Lebanon. Oh, my. There's so, no telling what happened to them. I, I don't know. They left the building, I guess. <laughs> they may still be there for all we know. <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, was with the cafes, the tea shops. The, yeah, but that was before that. that was before oh, that, that yeah. was not there. That was not there. It was, no, just, it was just prostitution, though, wasn't some, it? Yeah. No, it was just prostitutes. And, of course, if you wanted to... Uh, also, marijuana was not that popular. It was hashis. Oh, okay. And, and, and it was like this. It was never really legal. But it was if you had three grams of it, you and they would catch you. The police, I mean, yeah. they would just take that off. Now, if you had twenty grams with you, you were a dealer and you got in jail. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you know, or whatever the, the, the legal process. So, so that what was happened. So every a lot of uh, friends of mine from America too came there. First, somebody say, Teo, let's go to the Bullfrog Cafe. So I have no clue where that is. I was living in Amsterdam. <laughs> okay, that, and this is this is oh, like yeah. when I when in the got in the what is it in the yeah in about ninety uh, eight or something yeah except because I was living in Amsterdam but I never went to those coffee shops. But actually, the coffee shops was funny. They were loaded when we went there once, loaded with Germans and Americans. Yeah, so hardly any Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, 
I think I closed a couple of them down, down at the same time because it was too much tourists were coming. Or well, yeah, and I know that the the the, know. the government there was trying to tighten up a lot of that too because of the reputation that. that well, uh, I mean, it's just like. Uh, it's like you know, it's, it's a political thing. I mean, it's, yeah. this is not killing. It doesn't. You're not going to be an addict and stuff from it. You know. No. That's what I always can tell to people here. Here in America, a lot of people they, you know, they are a little bit uh, not rigid in this or rigid in this respect, I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, it's bad. And this said, no, hard drugs are terrible. You got to go to the street. But hashis and marijuana, that's not addictive. Why is that? Because I'm sitting in front of you. I'm 70 years old, okay? I got a law degree. I've worked hard. I'm a musician. I'm still here. I never, ever, ever had the urge that I had to have it in order to stay alive. Right, right, right. And I smoked for three years when I was 23 till 26. Then I got really serious. Then I finished my studies. So my brains were not in a haze because I passed the examination. And then I did a career. You know, I went to New York and St. Martin and whatever. So... It's all nonsense. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, and I think definitely these days there are some benefits from it, you know, from, sure. from and, and that's all. Think well, I think we're learning a lot more about it. And you, yeah. can, t- and you can see that, that, well, that's, no, exactly, that's the key. With everything it is, you need to learn first. Education is really key. Here's a lot of rumors and, and, and falsehoods are talked sure. by people who, for whatever reason, don't want it others to do that. You know, it's just like, uh, it's a little bit bit sick. But the funny thing is, like, in Europe, you know, they'll say, oh, is it free? That's also not the publicity what you want, no, you know, and, no, and, and, no. And, the, and the prostitute. Well, you have them here, too. I mean, you, you want to look here everywhere you are in the United States. Right. It's the same thing. Any corner you can get what you want as long as you pay for it, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's capitalism at work, right, well, that's guys? all. that's all it is. It's, it's free enterprise, yeah. That's free enterprise. That's, that's what I've been told. Okay, now let's not go here. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing uh, to do with blues, but... <laughs> but no, seriously, if anybody out there who's uh, interested in, in owning a uh, a bit of uh, of some good rock and roll uh, history and blues history, you have the collection and it is for sale. That is true. In the in the Rock and Blues Museum in Clarkson, yeah. 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 yeah, but it's there from... It starts with the blues, old guys, with w, as of W.C. Handy, I will say, and goes up in time, you know, and it goes to, uh, it stops with John Lennon's death. So the memorabilia are all from the 20s up to... 1983. 1980, I think. 1980, that's it. 1980, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Make love, not war, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and, and John Lennon liked the blues a lot, too. I oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. You can hear it. You can oh, hear yeah. his music. Uh, well, I hope that you're able to... You know, keep the collection together and be able to well, remove that's it what, at one what time. I, for know. now, we want to do is, like I said, I take a sabbatical. A lot of people say, "Oh, any bites? No, he hits." It's not that kind of project. Okay, right, you right. got to be a little common sense and realistic. You know, this is for a special person, who uh, a retired person, but a little younger than me, maybe or some. You know, who would like to do something in this field? I mean, it's great. It has a great name, so you, it's there. You can use the name too. Uh, you can organize blues fest. There's a lot of musicians, and of course, I would help. You know, I mean, it's not. It's, this is also my baby. What we talk. Yeah, about, you're not going right? to just dump it onto somebody and say, "Okay, I'm out of here." Yeah, you're no, not. No, I mean, it's out. also not. I mean, some people say, "Hey, I sell this. Can I buy this and stuff?" And I have. Yeah, I can sell this, and of course, I do that with my private collection at home because we have that too. Uh, but that's not the case yet, and I'm not in 100 percent hurry with it. But in the coming years, we'll see. Next year, what we'll do and. 
you know, it's just a matter of fact of advertising it until that person comes or that community who wants a tourist attraction because it makes money. Sure. Not for the, you know, the, 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 it's good for the community. Yeah. Well, I mean, like like the mayor of Clarksville, they said, "Well, Theo, you can't you just wait till till twenty twenty two thousand twenty." He said, "No." And I then can't. what? Well, now, then he's going to be re-elected or not. That's what the thing. Oh, it's okay. A little politics. Oh, but, okay. But, uh, he, he said, no, I mean, maybe we can, he said, maybe we can give you 20 grand that you keep on doing this. He said, that's not the point. He said, at a certain time, I'm on my crossroads. He said, you know, we've done this a long, long time. It's there. It's, 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 it's ready to be taken over. It's good. And I'm 70 years old. So I said, I wish, I, you know, there's no guarantee. Nothing. I could be another, I could be, I could be Pinto Perkins, uh, one of my idols. Yeah. You know, I met him when he was not, many times when he was 90 and he was in the museum when he was 95, yeah. you know, and yeah. I talked and played with him, but uh, for him, but it was kind of fun. But, you know, it's just like, yeah, I just, that is no guarantee. And I, I'm trying to have him signed up, you know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't want to do that, you know, he said, we'll see how it goes. He said, all right. So, <laughs> but, I, but uh, so I, a lot of people I had to disappoint for now. And I have been explaining that many, many times, except guys, I mean, if you walk in, you come and call me up and you want this item because you've been in a museum and that it's not happened. If we have to do it in a couple of years, we will, but then I do it by panel and not by record or autograph photo or contract or what, you know, but I will hate to do that be honest because sure this is uh, 50 years work <laughs> which he which he would sell in pieces and that it, it, the idea was always for me was a story from blues to rock and roll yeah because it is it tells you know, a complete it's story edu- yeah it's an education well yeah. if it's complete not complete but it's a thorough story yeah it's a work in progress we always say yeah <laughs> anything is a work in process i'm a work yeah. in process well, we all are yeah it's just like but uh, so we'll see um we we open suggestions. I mean, if somebody really wants to wants to take this over or a community, I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem if it moves somewhere else, because you know the idea is that the museum collection stays intact. The building or the place is totally irrelevant. Although you want to have an historic tie, and it's perfect in Clarksdale, okay. But not everybody wants to live in Clarksdale. So in in that respect, you know, we had some talks with other communities too that didn't materialize for other reasons, by the way. But you know, so you never know. I mean it could be just as good in Holy Springs or wherever, you know. It, sure. To me or even Memphis I have Memphis would be interesting. I yeah. talked to somebody in Memphis too, you know, but he said well he would sell off part of the collection and stuff. So and we're still talking but I, I'm not sure if that is the right thing for him, to be honest. And right. also what I like, because if I, the funny thing is if you have something, you can, I'm not, I don't need to sell this. I mean, it's money-wise, thank God, not in the way. So I'm not worried about it, you know? So, I mean, I can leave it for, as intact for a long time if I wanted to. Sure, you know? sure. Because financially it's not a, not a problem. And uh, it's just... You wasted money on taxes and insurance. But well, yeah, that's okay. You <clears throat> but know? yeah, you're you're hoping to find the right buyer who's going to treat it. It would be nice you. because uh, it would would make me feel good because then you have this. Then there's some continuation, hopefully for after I'm gone at a certain time too. You know, I mean, and selling is selling. Yes, yeah, nice. You, you sell this, and you get hundred dollars for it, or two hundred, or three hundred, or four hundred. It doesn't matter. You know, it's right. just, I do that on eBay with some personal stuff. Which I just started with because yeah, I, we were talking before we got yeah. on the air today about your your eBay it, it's adventure. <laughs> it's, it's a trip. It's a trip. What people do and how people get excited and suddenly pay way too much, in my opinion, yeah. but they're happy with it. Yeah. Okay, I can tell you one good story about. Yeah, it. Sure. I have this this record. 
uh, as a matter of fact, I bought him in New Zealand. My brother lives in New Zealand, still still alive. Mm-hmm. He's been very sick. But uh, so I would go. Eh, maybe I've been in New Zealand now for ten times altogether because mm-hmm. it's so far away and so expensive. Oh, it's a, it's a long way. Yeah, it's unreal. But that's why he probably left. You know, he wanted to be far away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I bought these records down there because I always love records and memorabilia. So I'll go everywhere I can. So I'm there and I bought, I think, I don't know how many, but let's say at least five. They had these, and this is Elvis Presley. They had this Christmas album with a really smashing cover. I said, wonderful. And they were brand new. I mean, really, literally, mint, near yeah. mint, near mint, Ruche. So, and in this one radio of this, this this store, they had that. So I bought them all. I said, "This is, was not cheap, by the way, but I mean, cheap, whatever it was." Right, right, right. But not what I got for one. So, but here, I don't know when it's when it one year it was pressed and whatever because I never seen it anywhere. Now, so I'm putting this up on eBay. Said, "Well, this I bought in New Zealand in Wellington in." long time ago said i don't know if it's an original or it's new or a later presser or unofficial it looks smashing and it is what it is so we got all these people from the whole world well it must be a reprint or it could be i couldn't find this it doesn't have the flaps it doesn't have this except except well i know this is what it is you know so i put what is it 50 dollars on it yeah so well i got a little money back then you know it's nice it went for two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh my! I mean, it really. I said, "Huh?" So, wow, this is high. You know that yeah. I didn't expect that and stuff. But it's it's in immaculate, pristine state. So, I got VB from the guy that he was really happy with it and beautiful and stuff. So, you know, and I still don't know. And then I started looking and said, "Is it? I don't think it's an original. I cannot believe that because it was too new. You know, it looked too nice." But it's it's exactly there. It plays well, and if you are an Elvis fan, then it's very unique. So I got, I think, about two or three more because I've been giving them away or sold a couple of them. Sure. The museum sold a few of what. So uh, I'll put one up with Christmas and see what happens then. But I think this is so much money, except this is ridiculous, you know. But 15% of the stuff usually sells or 10 and it's still, you know, nice comp for if for income if you needed that. And I talked to another guy at the post office today who was saw that, I, or, or not yesterday, who uh, who was seeing that I had these eBay packages and said, "Wait, oh, don't eBay? Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm a student and blah blah blah." But it compensated. He made five hundred dollars a month with that, which for him was a lot of money. Yeah. And I said, "Well, wow, that's gorgeous." And so, how are you doing? He said to me, he "So well, I've just started out, but I did fifteen hundred last month, so it was pretty good." That is pretty good. So you but, just you just buy somewhere else and and. Well, this is stuff. No, no, I don't. I this is stuff what I have. Oh, stuff that you have already. Yeah. I have, no. This is. I, I, I'm trying not to buy anything anymore because I have so much, and I try to. So I promised my wife. Oh, so you're, you're buying it at a low price <laughs> and then flipping it out is what I'm thinking. No, no, no. This is what I have because uh, what I use. Okay, yeah. here's the way when you collect the way I collect it. Anywhere I went on a vacation, wherever it was, whatever country it was, if there's a record store sh- show or a uh, poster show or something music-related when there's memorabilia, then, and I happened to be there, yeah. I was there. Yeah. And sometimes I pay, bought way too much. The one time I went to, to, uh, to Canada, that was also funny. I went to, to, uh, to see my mother-in-law. And I 
this was when we were in the Netherlands. Yeah. So I'm buying some stuff on eBay then. This is in the year 2001 uh, or something. So, and I, one record only was really collectible. Jean Vincent, whatever, Canadian press. So I go, uh, so I said, okay, I mean, I'm going to ship. Then I find out he's in Montreal. That's one hour driving from where we were in three weeks' time. <laughs> so I told him, I said, well, you live very close to my mother-in-law. What are we gonna, who are we going to visit in the... Three weeks. Yeah. He said, okay, well, you, you know what? Why don't you come by? Mm. I said, well, an hour drive first. So he did. That was the wrong thing to do because I, this was in the beginning of my vacation and I had a thousand bucks or something with me for the trip, you know? Yeah, Cash. yeah, yeah. 1500 or whatever. I spent all that money on records down there because he had his collectible Elvis promos, Gene Fair, all the rock and rolls, what's in the museum, by the way, yeah. you know, and they were not cheap. Yeah. But I said, this is a one time in a lifetime that I see all this together. And I saw, I talk, discussed it with my wife and said, what do you think? So Theo said, I know you're going to be really sorry that, that if you don't buy this. Yeah, because you'll be and kicking it, yourself all the yeah, way home. Because now that. you are there, it's there. I said, yeah, but them. So I really literally had to uh, send money from the Netherlands, and you know, <laughs> that was a mess. But you know, and that's not oh, the first time that happened. Well, okay? of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in a lifetime. So it is that kind of thing, and uh, you know, so I'm blessed because I I could afford doing this, and of course because I was always wheeling and dealing a little bit on it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, kind yeah. of fun, and uh, you would trade. You know, it's not only about it's the best thing is if if, if you're a collector that you can trade with someone. Because yeah. then the money is not important anymore. No, what you paid for it is totally unimportant. You want that, you know, and I want this, so we can do something. And that was always the best thing that happened with me too a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the old days, and I'm talking a really long time ago, when I not when I was when I was working in Amsterdam, but I mean in in the previous life, what I was called when I was a student. But after that, you know, I would go to flea markets and stuff. And at a certain time in the, in the early '80s. They, they, they couldn't give them to you. It yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. And and when I was living in Switzerland, that was more fun actually, because I met two Swiss guys and I'm working for the bank, you know, down there. But in the, on the weekend, I'm off. And my wife was at that time we were not married yet, but still we would go up and down. And I met these two guys who were selling records in Geneva, on a flea market. Uh huh. So I'm talking to them and I said, "Wow, that's Chaplin, twelve francs which is 12 dollars at that time this yeah, is yeah well, expensive here you know so well you know is that well it's going really well and this and that except well i'm going to the united states uh, in a month you know if you need something let me know i maybe can find it for you oh great you got a huge list <laughs> <laughs> so i said whoa so i go and this is new york i go wherever i go and i bought probably 200 records or something. And this is the good old days when you would fly, you know. No right. one asks you what it is. You put them up in your rack. There's no uh, shoes, whatever, no machines, no problems whatsoever. I And I was always honest. I said, what you got in there? Records, records. Who the hell wants these records, you know? Right. So I would bring them to Switzerland. That paid for and the ticket. And I was going to go anyway to see my sweetheart. And, you know, the living down there. Because those 200 records, you know, that was a thousand bucks. Yeah. Because I got five, they sold them for twelve, uh-huh. and I was a dumb deal because they had actually the whole list, you know, and you could get it for for nothing, you know, right. all the good groups right. and stuff. It was ridiculous. People threw the whole the CDs. Oh, we're going to do a record truck anywhere. Ridiculous, you know. <laughs> Final is back now and and stuff. And with the posters, 
I would go also to all kind of shows, and you'd go to all these posters by hand. It was a lot of work. Oh, yeah. But it was fun. You know, when you have passion for something, then work is not work. Yeah, you become kind of an archaeologist in, in an aspect, yeah. too. Yeah, and, and I had a goal with it. The hoarding, well, I was called, yeah. collectors are kind of hoarders, but, you know, this is, is a purpose. So I wanted to do something with it, because this idea of the museum I had in 78 when I came to Memphis, right? I'm in Memphis, I live in Memphis. This is where I got the idea in 1978. Yeah, because there was no Sun Studio. There was nothing. Beale Street was dead. Uh, I, I told you that many mm-hmm. times. There were a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I live in Midtown here with the Square. The Square was dead. Uh, when I got there, I was still alive. When Fridays was there, but it was dead in a couple of, uh, yeah, in a, in, a, in a very short a couple of years. But in Beale Street, there was no gold. Peabody Hotel, no ducks, no nothing. Closed. You know, Beale Street, there's a couple of, of guys. And I think I met Rufus Thomas there once on the street who told me that he didn't like uh, Sam Phillips, but that's yeah. the only thing that I remember. And, and I didn't have cameras because I met so many people. You know, those days, 78, you didn't have, there was not this phone thing that didn't exist. No, no. There was nothing. There was no, not you, had enough, to, you had to think about that kind of There was not even yeah. a fax machine didn't exist, man. No. It was just uh, it's a different world then. So when I t- you tell it to young kids, they don't believe you, you know? Oh, yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> well, if anybody, like I said, if anybody wants to buy a collection, uh, find Theo and, uh, and, and talk to him and make a deal, maybe, perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're open. We're open. That's the way it goes. Thank you so very much, my friend. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you coming down. I enjoyed to be here. <laughs> uh, you're going you're to come down next week and see, uh, yeah, some, yeah, see, yeah, see Johnny? Yeah, I'm planning on do that. I think you'll have some, some fun with that. Yeah, that was going to be fun. Yeah, Johnny Riley and uh, the Hired Guns will be here next week. Yeah, the Hired so. Guns I haven't seen, but Johnny, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll be a big time. So. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So there it is. It's good. All right, uh, that's it. Uh, that's it for us. We've got uh, we've got some music coming up here. In fact, I'm, I'm going to play out of the break. I'm going to play another uh, bit from uh, Radio Bolsward. I'm not sure what it is, but it's like eight minutes long. But you'll have fun with it. Eight minutes long. Okay. So there's a couple <laughs> of tunes in there at least, and uh, you'll hear some Dutch. Yeah, this crazy guy who speaks Dutch in there. So. <laughs> that's all coming up. So we'll it's see. All, all there. It's all there. It's all know? there. All right. We'll see y'all later. International, uh, folks. It's all international. The blues. For me, it always came from the Netherlands because that's where I heard it first, you yeah, know, up yeah, north. Yeah, well, it's, it came from there. Yeah, so I come, come here and I go to the Delta and said, that's where it really is coming from. That's All right. right. <laughs> you, know? you learn something new every time. I always learn. <laughs> that's good. All right, we'll see you all next all time. Right, from Thank Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Daniel Renches. India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi is expected to return for a second term according to exit polls. U.S. President Donald Trump has issued a blunt warning to Iran not to threaten the United States. And Google has announced that it's severing business ties with the Chinese telecoms company Huawei. Get plugged into Radio Memphis and social media. Like and follow us on Facebook. Plus, all your favorite shows and personalities have their own pages. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up with the latest happenings from your socially connected station, Radio Memphis. Nothing in this world sounds like an American-made guitar. And nothing else sounds like an American-made guitar made in Memphis by Kevin Botts at Killer Bee Guitars. Kevin is a luthier who knows what he's doing. He uses top-shelf materials for bodies and necks and the best in electronics and looks. Kevin can even customize your ride for that perfect look. Look for the Killer Bee Guitars banner ad at radio-memphis.com to see what you can take on stage. Look carefully. You might find the Radio Memphis guitar that is in our studio right now. Killer Bee Guitars at radio-memphis.com. 
travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-989-0841. 800-989-0841. 800-989-0841. That's 800-989-0841. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text CREDIT, C-R-E-D-I-T, to 357-911 right now to get started. That's CREDIT, C-R-E-D-I-T, to 357-911. Auto financing the easy way. Text CREDIT to 357-911. Due to an upturn in the economy, Main Street Business Loans has pre-approved the release of millions of dollars in small business funding. Your business may already be pre-approved to receive up to $250,000. We've sent out millions of pre-approval letters. We see the economy growing, and our underwriters believe now is the time to invest in your business so you can grow faster and make more money. And we're prepared to give you up to $250,000 to do it. Your funds can be available in five days. There are no application fees, no annual fees, just quick access to up to $250,000. If your business did not receive your approval letter to get up to $250,000, call Main Street Business Loans Approval Desk now. 800-817-2699 That's Radio Memphis in the mornings with Rick Cheddar. Weekday mornings at 9 central on Radio Memphis.
Ja, die jaarbeurs die werden zo uh, waanzinnig beroemd met een live optreden. Want wat deden ze? Ze probeerden muzikale climaxen op te bouwen. En dat hoorde je ook uit het, uh, dit nummer hiervoor. Uh, die bas gaat dan steeds omhoog en hoog en hoog. En dan gaan ze weer naar beneden. En uh, ook, uh, ook al zijn dat allemaal leuke covernummers in het begin. Uh, van uh, beroemde zwarte artiesten. Uh, ja, dan hebben ze toch een eigen, eigen inbreng. En uh, ik heb hier nog een, een ander aardige live nummer van, van Bo Diddley oorspronkelijk. En dat heet Here It Is. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. 
Die climax, hè? Helemaal. Ja, nee, precies, ja. De Yardbirds Live. Uh, in het begin dus zeer beïnvloed door de rock and roll en rhythm and blues van de jaren daarvoor. En uh, ze zouden, net zoals veel andere groepen, toch ook een andere kant wel uitgaan. En uh, Eric Clapton was het daar niet zo gelukkig mee. Hij speelde nog wel. Uh, op het nummer For Your Love, wat we zo gaan draaien. En dat werd gelijk een wereldhit. For Your Love. The proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com. <laughs> 